morning and welcome back to Watch the Ticker Podcast. Today is 9-8-2019, roughly 10 a.m. Zach and I are finally back at it and he is here. Zach, how you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing just great. I mean, outside of just the depressing, depressing, depressing football that I watched yesterday. Um, I'm doing fantastic. That was, oh, I don't even want to get into it, but we're doing great. It's a new day. The NFL starts today, so I'm very excited for that. Um, and we got a lot of good contact. You and I are doing two Stock Wars episodes today. Yep. Two Stock War episodes. Um, obviously, this episode where we're going to talk about when to buy uh, and then brokers, stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, we just got, we got good stuff coming. I'm excited. So if you're listening to this, uh, the Stock Wars episodes that are going to come after, uh, one is about Activision Blizzard. And then one is about AMD. So if you want to do your own research before you listen to whatever we have to say about those, I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, go ahead and do that before you listen to those episodes. That's going to be pretty good. And then today, uh, we're just going to be going over best online brokers. In our opinion, uh, we're just going to do top five that we think are good for beginners like us. This is going to exclude day traders, unless if you don't mind paying a fee more the merrier, feel free to it, but we're not really paying attention to the lowest fees. We're just looking for the best overall value for our users. And then we're also going to discuss uh, very briefly uh, a good time to buy on a stock. So when to jump and actually purchase a stock. So we're gonna have Zach go ahead and get started with the best online broker. Absolutely. Um, so first I wanna talk about different kinds of brokerage fees and how that can sort of work out and then different types of brokers that you can have. Um, so you can do your own trading easily. You can go on any service. You can go on Fidelity. You can go on um, any of these sites. And like E-Trade is another great example. I always, when I think about E-Trade, I can't help myself. I think about those damn baby commercials. The like, he's sitting in the high chair just talking about, yeah. <laughs> I think about those commercials way too much. Um, but you can go on, you can do that trading yourself and there are individual fees based off your transactions that they just charge you for using their service. But then we have things called like a full service broker. So if you don't wanna do the research, if you don't wanna do, uh, if you don't wanna spend the time looking at the investments, putting in that effort, or really, if you just wanna completely hands off experience on your investments, which I can't say I recommend, but if that is what's for you and that's what you feel is best for you, you can find a full service broker. Uh, apologize for that ESPN notification that you just heard. Um, but you can get a full service broker. You're going to average, fee, the average fee per transaction for them is going to be around $150. So keep that in the back of your head as well. There's a lot of discount brokers where the average fee per their transaction is like 10. Um, but for your normal full service broker, you're going to be around 150. Um, they, you're paying for the research. You're paying for some education. If you have a good full service broker, they're going to educate you on what they're investing in and let you know. Um, and you're paying for the advice, but you got to also remember there's salespeople too. At the end of the day, they're selling their product and their product is to make money on sales. Um, so there's another way you can also charge. Some charge you on an annual fee, and so that'll be around 1% to 1.5% of all assets managed. 
So in that case, say you have $100,000 or something like that, and that's what they're managing. They're making 1% to 1.5% of what of that toll. It's also a good option to consider. I kind of prefer this option because their pay is based off their performance. It's not based off a transaction amount. It's based off, does the portfolio actually work? Are the investments that they're making actually contributing to your portfolio? Or is it growing everything that you have and really raising the assets? Because in this model, when you win, they win. And so that 1%, it gets a little bit larger. It gets a little bit bigger. That number that's being contributed there gets a little bit bigger for them when they keep performing well and keep giving you good stocks. So that's where I come from on it. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, Alex, but I sort of prefer that methodology and that payment structure, even though I feel like it's, I don't know why, but I feel like it's harder to find now. Yeah, it is. So, um, and then you have discount brokers. Uh, discount brokers, it's not, gen you don't generally get advice from them. You don't generally get information, research, anything like that. Um, and their tra online trading fees range from anywhere to from $4.95 to $20. Um, but I'd say you're really hovering more around 10 is where I would say you're probably finding yourself at. Um, but yeah, the bottom line here is you can go either route. Obviously, listen, the more you pay, the more service you're actually going to get. You can't go into like Robinhood. You can't go into Robinhood and expect, you know, the kind of service that you're going to get from a fully managed Charles Schwab account or fully managed Fidelity account. It's just not realistic. And so um, going through a couple of them. So just some names to remember. So full service brokers, you can have like Fidelity Investments, Charles Schwab, TradeStation, TD Ameritrade, companies like that. Uh, discount brokers, you can have like interactive brokers, um, Robinhood, Tastyworks, eOption, Lightspeed. Those are really good examples of discount brokers. And that's really, I mean, that's really it. It's pretty cut and dry. Um, if you want a good breakdown on where to look, like just on commissions and stuff like that for different brokers, I would go to nerdwallet.com and then go to standout online brokers for stock trading. It, it's a great resource. They lay out everything super straightforward and super easy to look at. Um, and you can make your decision from there. The best advice though, that I think we could give from our perspective is, if you're gonna pay for a full service broker, make sure you're keeping an eye on what they invest in. And I'm not saying that to not have say you shouldn't trust them or you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. I'm not doing saying that at all. I'm saying you want to know, at least I would want to know what I, my money is being invested in, where that money is going, how it's being used. Because on the off chance that it is being used in an irresponsible way, I would want to know about it and I would want to have that conversation. And so that's my advice to you. I'd make sure you have access to that information. And make sure going forward, you, as we always say, do your research. Make sure you have everything you need to make comfortable decisions. Alex, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, you, you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, for me, I, 
as I mentioned in multiple episodes, my personal brokerage accounts on Charles Schwab and then 401k, Roth IRA, and all that's on Fidelity. And I mean, I couldn't agree more. I For 495 per trade, that's pretty reasonable. We've talked about it in one of our last episodes. If you're a day trader, you know, this might be something different, but that's not the demographic we're really talking to. It's just you have to know um, going into it that if you are looking to sell, get out of something, you're going to ultimately own you know, four to ten dollars in total for your trade per trade. So just make sure you have that in, in mind and go into it open minded like that, and you should be fine. Um, I think for me, my personal number one would always be Charles Schwab. I'm just a huge fan and advocate of them. That's who I use, and it's their. I mean, they're outstanding for beginners, and they really do lay out all the info for you. So I mean, heard me go through some of these episodes, going over and actually going into my account and clicking on different things. I mean, they have a lot of. Um, analysis a lot of research they have a lot of reports the whole nine is already set up there so it really makes it easy to go into an invest because all you i mean you can open up all six or seven reports have them all open on your computer like i do and then look over something so i'm a i'm a really big fan of them and the other good thing is you don't have to have an account minimum which is good so if you are an investor that's really just looking into it and you're just trying to get started you can you know deposit as little as 100 bucks like it's nothing Nothing crazy, so this is a good time to get into shares. Uh, but here is the better uh, part of this I'm excited to talk about. It's just how to, how to know when to buy or when, when do I buy a certain stock. And Zach and I, we definitely go pretty in-depth whenever we're looking at, at our stocks. And uh, there's always, I mean, it's pretty tough to give you a direct answer of, oh, you should buy. But we can kind of tell you in a way or a place to start at least. So first ones first, you're brand new to this and you're looking to purchase a stock. I'll, I'll say this now, look for brands that you're already big into, brands that you're already hooked up with or something that you like. So for me, uh, like my first one, and this might not be the best because it is retail, but Nike, I'm a fan of their clothing and Under Armour. Those were the two that I actually originally invested in from the get-go is because I just liked their stuff and it was easy for me to follow it. Once I became more into um, studying and learning about how the stock works. I actually switched all my stocks over to the tech industry uh, just because I like that a lot and I love reading like Wired magazines. Like that's kind of my niche with the stock. If you look at my portfolio, the majority of it is tech stocks and that's because I just thoroughly enjoy reading about all the new technology coming out. So it makes it easy for me to follow and when to buy. So I, I, my first recommendation, if you're just getting started and you don't want to do ETFs or you don't want to do mutual fund, you want to do actual independent stocks and try to make a bigger um, interest off that. So like a 12% gain instead of like a two or a three per year based off what ETF might be able to do or whatever that might, you know, whatever might show or high dividend yield. Then I would look for a stock that you personally truly believe in or you follow and try to go for that industry. For me, it's the tech industry. I know Zach is, the, is really big into like the e-gaming, so that breaks down into itself, like AMD, Activision, all the different companies there, and that's where he can focus, and he likes doing that. And once you become focused, that's first off gonna help you tremendously, because I know if there's an acquisition or merchant coming on for IMB, or IBM or AMD, whatever it is, it's like, okay, I know that's a big deal because of this, this, and this, because I follow that market. I like reading about it. If AMD releases a new microchip and it comes out, and I'm like, oh, dude, that's better than an Intel microchip. I now know their sales are going to go up drastically because everyone's talking about it in the industry. Then I'm going to buy that because I'm at, I know how that works. Now, if you're going to go into like the banking side and buy banking stocks and stuff, 
like I just want you to be really, really conscious and think to yourself, do you understand it? Because if you do, perfect. If you don't, don't do it. Go into something else. So that's how you should follow it if you're just starting off. Now, if you're a little later on into the game and say, hey, I've got the basics down, I understand how that works, then I recommend uh, looking more towards a company analysis. So pick out what stocks you think are going to be big hitters, whatever you've either read in the news, read on Business Magazine, if you've watched something on TV. Uh, for me, I think some of them are like uh, Bristol Myers Squibb, they're a pretty big hitter. Um, Jaguar Healthcare, they're almost a penny stock now, which you know my opinion on penny stocks, Zach, but they drastically went from $144 to a dollar something. J. Jill, who makes clothing, I mean, these are all different companies that I see in magazines and stuff and that I watch on TV. What I'm saying is I'll go to like Fox News, I'll go to CN CNBC, I'll go into uh, Bloomberg, I'll go into Rutgers, I'll go into all the different sites that I subscribe to, uh, Wall Street Journal. I'm trying to tell you all the different things that I'm using because I'm not biased towards one thing, but I go to all those and I kind of see what companies are being talked about and then I'll follow them. I'll throw them up on my actual watch list and I'll just wait as we would say we we're going to watch the ticker we're going to see what at what point it's going to drop and that's when I'm going to buy so first things first do your research find some companies you like um, if you're already past that beginner level that you think are going to be big hitters or kind of what people are talking about and research make good evaluations and good uh, research on their actual quarterly earnings and their quarterly reports they sent off once you do that the other big thing that you really need to consider is to avoid the hype so if you do hear of someone saying, oh, dude, you need to buy AMD today. It's at $30. This is the cheapest it's ever going to be. If I'm telling you that on this podcast right now and you have no idea, you would go and buy that if you followed exactly what I was saying. But if you were to do your research, $30 isn't as low. So it's been lower than that this year alone. So why would you do that? So avoid the hype. That's something what people are talking about. Definitely look into it, but don't put all your merit there. Um, and then, as I already mentioned, you just need to know the stocks that you're talking about. So know exactly what you're wanting to do, what companies you're looking to buy, and watch them. Watch them, watch them, watch them. So if I'm looking to do a quicker sell, like within a month, like I said, I don't do a whole lot of day trading. I very rarely do it unless if something crazy has happened after I bought something, then I'll sell it. But I look more or less for a month. So I'm gonna click on this stock that I'm watching. So let's say Intel, for example, I'm gonna click it and I'm gonna watch it and I'm just gonna keep my eye on it for a few months and I'm gonna put it in my stock funnel as I call it. If you look at a sales funnel, you know they always talk about customers that you bring into the actual clients that you make. I do the same, same philosophy on my stocks. Look at it as a funnel. The stocks I'm looking at go to the very top. So I'll probably pick 20 or 30 whenever I have liquid cash, I'm ready to start spending. And then I'll just start analyzing, they'll go down to that tunnel. And then usually my tunnel is about a two to a three month watch time. Some people will say that's way too long. I like to make sure that I'm buying very, very conservatively if I'm looking into a big haul like this. So I'll watch them. Of course, some stocks will fall down that tunnel a lot quicker, um, but I'll watch them. And then once they come to that very end, so I see that their price is now at a very aggressive price, that's when I'll buy it. And then it goes into my other funnel when to sell it, which is the same exact stock. So that's, the easiest way I can explain it, keep yours at the top. And then the key things you're looking for, look for revenue growth. So are they making money last quarter? When are they making money? What are their sales looking like? Are they purchasing another company? Are they buying a new piece of equipment that's going to generate more profit? Are they 
creating a new item, whatever it is, pay attention to the revenue growth. How much money are they going to end up making for the next quarter or how much money did they make last quarter? You also need to check their bottom line. So whenever you're looking at your reports, you need to make sure you can pay attention to their expenses because you're going to compare that to your revenue so you can find, figure out your profit margin. If that starts going down, then more than likely investors are going to start pulling out of that company, making the stock go down. So if you're looking at a chart and the chart goes down, then the easiest way to kind of word that, and this is not 100% correct, but the easiest way I can kind of give you an idea is if 10 people are investing in something, they see the profits going down, eight pull out, so they sell their stocks, that price is going to go down drastically. Eight new people come in and purchase that because they have faith in that company, then it goes back up, and then the other two are going to sell whenever it caps back off so they make their money. So that is the easiest way to look at that. So pay attention to all their expenses, compare that to their revenue, are they making some type of profit? Other big thing, does the company have debt? Take Tesla out of this. This is something we talk about all the time, Uber, all of them. Companies that are like that just have a lot of venture capitalists with them. They have a lot of angel investors. They have a lot of money coming from a lot of different areas because they're firm believers that it's going to be huge. But when you look at them, they don't make money at all. So, you know, we're going to go against the grain here. We are not big believers in investing in stocks that only show a debit or a debt of some sort. They don't show any types of money coming in, right? So we try to avoid those. Um, mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to just tell you. If you don't like that, then you can listen to somebody else that can explain that a little bit better to you about why they do buy it. We just don't see, it just does not make business sense to buy something that is in debt. It just does not make sense. Um, and then if you're not looking to sell within a 30 to a 60 day uh, cycle or 180 day, is like the really long ones we'll look for. As I mentioned on the Netflix one was more of like a three monther, which is 90, but you know, 180 as well. Um, to look for a dividend. So look at your stocks and see which ones pay the biggest dividend. So if you're looking to just occur money and not put a lot of thought and effort, look into like a high dividend ETF fund or look into like an IBM that pays out a really high dividend. And then once you're on your brokerage account, just click the little checkbox that says reinvest dividends. And that is something called compound earning. So if you have $10,000 of IBM stock, they pay 10%. This is rough numbers. This is not true. Giving it as an example, you're going to get a grant, right? They're going to take that grant, reinvest it, buy more IBM stock. So hopefully next year, after um, the year comes and ends, now you have $11,000 in stock. And that has just now compounded another $1,100. So you've gained more money over that year. And the theory is after 30 years, it's supposed to be to the point where you can live off of it. Um, but if you are looking to not really pay a whole lot of attention, you just kind of invest your money that's better than a savings account, look for a high ETF fund or look for a stock that pays a decent dividend and invest a good, good amount of money into it. Uh, one thing, a few, actually a few things you need to pay attention to. So when we are buying stocks, do not pay attention to just the price, mm -hmm. right? So just because J. Jill comes in at $2, that does not mean it's a good buy at all. That means that in its market, it's only worth a $2 a share type of thing. How many right. shares do they have bringing that price down? So I keep on saying this because IBM's expensive. They're one of my more expensive stocks that I have a lot of, and I'm okay with that. I just re, just rebought them whenever they hit their dip a few weeks ago, and it was expensive, and I could have bought more J. Jill stocks. But 2% at $130 is a lot better than 2% at $2. I'd rather get that. Now, if you look at it on a whole scale of well, $10,000, you get 2% regardless. 
Also, IBM's a very good company that I know their revenue is growing, their profits are growing, their expenses are coming, you know, getting caught lower based off of more production of their equipment, the cloud systems they use. I mean, everything I see, they just keep on going up. JGL, on the other hand, does not. It kind of goes down. So don't pay attention to just price. Pay attention to, as I mentioned before, but you'll see a lot of people are always like, no, 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 buy, buy, buy. This is the lowest it's ever been. Well, that's a $2 stock. The reason why it's low is because they're going out of business and you don't want to tell us that because you're really hoping you can get out of it. I really don't like JGL. <laughs> I, I have it. I bought it because, I mean, it, it was a gamble that I was okay with taking. I, I, I bought it at almost low. It was like $1.10 when I purchased. <laughs> and I purchased like a 1000 some shares and now it's at $2. So it's like I've almost doubled my money. But it was a risk that I was willing to take. And I was like, could I live without $1,000? Yeah, good. No biggie. So, yeah, no, that I was... I still hate it. Yeah, and it's a game. I mean, I look at it right now. It, it, again, it just shows rep. Yeah, it is a it was a terrible investment. I shot from my head. I just literally went on it because I was I went kind of against my rules a little, but I also knew that a company like them would not be going out of business anytime soon. So I took that into consideration. Feel free to take that GE for an example. Big companies like that are not going out of business. So if they are low, buy and hold on to it. Hopefully it comes back at 180. It's not the best advice I can give you, but it's going to come back up at some point. I'm a little more, I'm a little more hesitant on a lot of that. I mean, I don't like you. You know how I look at my stock. I do not yes. like companies where I don't see future growth, and I don't like to gamble on upswings. I, I like companies where I don't like to gamble on upswings. I should say based off just brand name like there are certain companies who yeah great brand name GE perfect example as you said good brand name very big company do I believe that they're gonna just swing back here in you know a year I, I don't know not really I, I just don't see that potential or that potential growth anyway and so the way I like to look at it is if a company's in a downturn, but I still see future growth with them, I still see expansion, I see good R&D, I see something coming down the pipe that gives me hope for their future, then I get them at that dip. But if I just see them dipping, and I see them as a company that is sort of on that downturn, on that decline, they might never reach that big peak growth that they had again, mm -hmm. then I, I tend to stay away. And I think the one thing that, the reason why, and I mentioned GE a lot because it's another company that I'm firm into. I've already discussed in one of the other episodes why I like them so much. But here's the kicker. They have a new CEO. The CEO gave a three-year plan. Investors pulled out because they don't want to see a three-year plan. A lot of investors are not long-term investors like this. That's something that people like Zach, myself, and hopefully who that are listening, that's kind of what we have in our strength is we have time because we all have other jobs and making income. Investors don't. That's all. All they solely do is they invest money and they have to make profits to live off of it. So that's why I'm such a firm believer in GE. Do I think they're going to be a big hitter this year? Nope. Next we're, year? We're going to have to do a stock war on that. Definitely not. We can do a stock war on it. But I think in three years, as long as his plan goes well, I mean, he's a he's a heavy hitter in the business realm. I mean, he's a, he's an outstanding CEO. I think in three years, it's going to be a big hitter again. It's going to go back up to $14, $17. And I'm going to be riding out of town smiling and happy because I doubled my doubled my money on it and I've got a decent amount of investment I think it's pretty good are there dividends shit they don't pay them 
I mean, they're negative. They don't, they don't pay anything because they're not making money. But I don't know. That's one way you can look at it. That's kind of how I took my perspective on them. That's when I did go into it. As I mentioned the first time as a beginning investor, I found a company I liked and I like to follow them. So that's why I did that. And here's the biggest recommendation idea. We're, we're talking about buying, but here's the main thing that people overlook all the time. And that's just don't forget to sell that stock. So now you've already found the stock you're watching. You saw it dip. So if you look at a chart, it's now coming down and you see a good price to purchase it at, right? So now you purchased it. Why aren't you selling it when you've made money? That's the big kicker. And that's what I never understand. Some people become too greedy with stocks. The objective here is to make money, right? Now, if you're doing this every day or you're doing this every few weeks, your objective is to make money. So why are you holding on to it? And that's something that stresses me out to no other. If you're not in this game to make money or you're not in here to invest that that you just bought and then sell it, buy an ETF, buy a high dividend fund, buy something that pays dividends and turn off your account and don't pay attention to it until you're ready to take your money out. Because it is absolutely ridiculous when people, because people always come back. And I'm in a bunch of different forms of people. Get a full service brokerage account. Get a full, yeah, get a full service brokerage and pay 150 bucks and let him watch it. Well, all I'm saying is when I'm in these, these forums and people are talking, why well, I lost $2,000 today. Well, you know why you lost $2,000? It's because you didn't sell. Everyone was telling you to sell. Why are you holding on? Oh, I thought I'd go up to 18%. Why wasn't 12% okay? Why wasn't 8% okay? And that's the thing. Do not be greedy here. The objective is to buy low, sell high. That is always the objective when it comes to the stock market. That's what you're, if you're trying to make money quick like this. And if you're trying to increase your stuff yourself. If you're not, that's when you need to go for a full service brokerage uh, account with somebody that can actually do it. You pay them 150 bucks and you're done and you're, you're over with it. Or you buy a Charles Schwab account and you invest in ETF funds or you invest in a company that pays out dividends and you know they're going to grow. That's it. But if you're here to actually invest and you're trying to get out, make sure you sell. I can sit here and tell you all the time to buy, and I buy. I always, always watch. My biggest tip to myself is if it dips a little bit lower than five percent of its last um, drop price, I'm always going to buy. That is my big, big, big kicker. So if it dropped three months ago, say it's a hundred dollars, that was its lowest, but it sells at one thirty. If I ever see that stock drop at 95 and I paid attention and I know they're not in debt or they're not losing a lot of money, I'll always buy that 5% loss because I know at some point it's going to go back up to 100 and that's a 5% gain. And 5% is really good for me. I'm okay with that. 5% on 10 grand is $500. I'll take that any day. I don't mind waiting a week to do it. And I think that's what people start to not understand and start to forget. So just make sure when you are buying um, to always sell. And I think that's that's just the big biggest tip I can give you off this episode. So other than that, we're kind of coming to the close here, and we're getting excited to actually go back into the stock wars. Um, is there anything you have to add to that? Uh, no, I I think I'm good. I, you know, just I know I we we should make merch. We should honestly make T-shirts that say "Do your research." Do your research. I feel like I say it 12 times an episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, seriously, just. Make sure that you look into people. Don't blindly invest. Don't blindly set up a full service brokerage account because, oh, this will be an easy way to make money. Not everyone is good at that job. Not everybody who is a broker is a good broker. And 
And so you've got to understand that. You've got to acknowledge that. And you just got to do research. Something I like, and I think it was some of the best advice I ever got, was go in and talk to the guy. Like, go and sit in front of the person, guy or gal, who is going to be managing your money. See if you believe them. See if you believe they're genuine. See if you, they actually are good at their job and capable of doing it. You know, so do your research. Go make that money. Be smart about how you invest. And don't just don't just shoot piss at a can and hope it knocks over. <laughs> I mean, really and truly, don't. Don't do it. So with that being said, I think we're done. Yep, we're done as, a, as always. Uh, keep living the dream. Keep making money. And pay attention. We're coming out with these stock web episodes now. We're transitioning out of these uh, lessons that we're trying to do just to give over the basics. But now you actually get to see the stuff of what we're doing and why we're buying, and and get to see us put everything into effect and, and into position. I guess. Um, so perfect. Other than that, I think this is our first episode under thirty minutes. That is awesome. And this is a pretty easy one. We're just trying to give you the basics, get it done and over with. Uh, so stay tuned and, and uh, look out for, for us to argue here in a few minutes. All right, take 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 it easy.